Welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. This is the place to connect to who you truly are. We're bringing PhDs, experts, and leaders to help you elevate your mindset in your work life and in your love life so that you can see things differently and truly love your world. I'm Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, author, and TEDx speechwriter and booker, and I'm excited to bring you in to this week's episode. Hey, U-Turn friends, it's Ashley Stahl here, and today we are bringing you a total U-Turn podcast throwback. We love bringing old episodes that got great downloads and a lot of inspiration and a lot of impact back to you, so enjoy without further ado, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Friends, it's Ash here, and I have such a special guest. It is one of my friends, and she is the original Boss Babe, Natalie Ellis, founder of Boss Babe and The Society, which is a monthly membership for entrepreneurs. Um, Also, she has a podcast that's coming out right now, the Boss Babe podcast, all about the behind the scenes of building a business, what it really takes to be a top performer, and all the magic. So whether you're out there in the workforce wanting to be a top performer or you're an entrepreneur, I am so excited. I'm going to be listening to this podcast. Um, You know, I am in a really amazing group of women. And when I think about somebody who is competent, who has fun, and who really has it together, has their shit together, I think of Natalie Ellis. So I figured who better to talk about how to build an Instagram following with than her. She's built the Boss Babe Empire up to almost a million followers. I'm guessing that's going to happen this week on the Boss Babe Instagram. You've got to follow her. And we figured we'd talk about her steps for you to create your personal brand so that if you're in the workforce and you want to establish some sort of following and a voice on Instagram, you can. Um, If you want to start a business and get clients through it, you can. So without further ado, thank you so much, Nat, for being here with me. Thank you for having me. And thanks for saying I have my shit together. What a good uh, compliment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you really do. Like, even when you don't have your shit together, I'm like, nah, her shit's together. You know? <laughs> even <laughs> when you're not you. feeling good. Yeah. Um, before I even get into this, I feel like this is such an opportunity for me to learn about you. Because whenever I see you, I just want to have fun and, like, hear what's up now. So I feel like, tell tell me about your story. Like, everybody who's listening, like, what led you to Boss Babe? And why do you think you're crushing it so much on the gram in a world of a million quote pages? Why is yours standing out? Mm, Great question. So yeah, I'll give like a brief of my story. I mean, I'm one of those very cliche entrepreneurs. I've very much always been interested in it. I think it was very nature over nature for me because I'm not from a family of entrepreneurs at all. But I started my first company when I was 13. um, And I was kind of designing websites. I was doing some business with eBay stores. I was importing all the things, basically just obsessed with it. I petitioned with my school to start entrepreneurship classes. And it kind of all went from there. And um, by the time I got into university, I created a society for entrepreneurs, which became one of the best in the country. I was invited to um, mastermind with the government to actually figure out how we can get more young people into entrepreneurship. And I also spearheaded £112 million deal to, it was a fund actually, to help kind of fund young entrepreneurs getting into business. Because one thing I've always been really passionate about is It's not, I mean, for me, it wasn't an option just to leave school and start a business because my family did not have the financial means to support me at all. Um, I very much grew up in 
a household where it was living paycheck to paycheck and we often didn't have enough money for you know school trips all of those things my mum worked really really hard to be able to um, give us those opportunities so it wasn't something that I could have just left school and done and for me that really bothered me um, because I I went to a very prestigious university and a lot of the people there really did have the means to have the freedom to decide whether they'd take a corporate job or whether they'd go into starting their own business and I saw lots of my friends getting investment from their parents and all of these amazing things that just wasn't an option for me so I remember I was in student debt um, and at the first year of university I basically got offered a graduate job when I would be leaving which was in four years time from a graduate company they'd noticed the work that I was doing with government and um, all of those things that offered me a graduate job and back then I remember thinking okay amazing like this is going to be a great sign-on bonus that would pay off all of my student loans it'll be a great salary I can move to London all of those things and as as my time was coming up at university I just had this feeling of dread and like this isn't what I'm meant to be doing entrepreneurship is for me and why am I feeling pushed to go and do this just because I can't afford to do anything else and so it was right in that moment I was like this this mindset needs to change like I know that people have done it from worse positions than me I know it's possible so why do I keep telling myself it's not so it very much started like that and I left university and I give myself a year to create a business and I told this company I just need a year after that I'll come work for you but I just want a year to like travel and explore well really I was just building my business behind the scenes but it didn't it didn't kind of take off in 12 months it took a lot longer than that and I ended up having to just make the decision to turn out that turn down that job and I was just freelancing on the side and what I was freelance, like this was when I was trying to like get the funds to create my business. I was doing freelancing to kind of pay the rent and buy those pot noodles. Um, and I was actually freelancing on helping people to run their Instagram because I remember thinking, okay, like Instagram's growing. I think this could be a very interesting place for me to learn and build my business. So when I say I studied every single element of it, like I truly mean it. Like I lived and breathed Instagram morning till night. It was all I did was learning, learning, learning. And then I would find people that wanted to do this and they would pay me for me to do it for them. And I'd keep learning from kind of trial and error with that. Um, And I mean, it was a success when I finally launched this company that I was working on. It was a food supplement company. I was manufacturing all of my own products. We launched on Instagram. Not a single dollar was behind marketing and we were shipping to over 60 countries um, pretty soon. And then we also got a deal to be in over 200 stores um, in the equivalent of Walgreens in the UK. And they found us on Instagram. So it was very much, it, at that point, I was like, Instagram is very much an interesting tool for business. And if I was able to do it with very little capital, I think other people can too. So it all kind of started from there. And I guess two things came out of it. It was this it was this mindset that I had that really was relentless. Like, I, And I talk now about not loving the hustle and there's other ways to do it. At the time, I didn't know anything else. And I did really hustle to get where I am. But then also I was so 
importantly. Like no one I knew was doing this. My family didn't understand. My friends didn't understand. And actually a lot of my friends from university fell out with me because they thought that I was wasting my life. They saw me quitting university and they were all going on to these great graduate jobs and I didn't. And I was like living just, just able to pay my rent. And they thought that I was totally wasting my life. And it's funny you know, now to look back as, you know, like I own a multi-million dollar company now and I look back and I'm like, thank you so much for ditching me and not <laughs> believing in me because it really gave me that like fire I needed and has just allowed me to find so many amazing women that truly embody the absolute opposite of that and you are one of those women you know we have the best friendship circle and we do at the time I didn't have that Mm. and I just uh, and I was traveling a ton and I found it so hard to like find these people and I remember I was still very much deep in that other company at the time which um, I don't run anymore but I remember thinking like I want to create what I wish I have Um, and so that's how I kind of set out on this kind of community building path. And since then, yeah, like, um, Boss Babe has been incredible and being able to grow that and have that as my sole focus has been amazing. And I continue to like use those skills I learned on Instagram and I understand it was like the bread and butter that made me successful. And I think it's something I've really learned how to master and just further beyond that Instagram world, it's very much community building. Like I think looking back on all the things that I did, whether it was, um, building entrepreneurship societies or rallying people together around different things and topics. I've always been very good at at building that community and making people feel involved. And so that's really where my heart lies within Boss Babe. The longer it takes to fall asleep at night, the more stressed out I get about being exhausted the next day. For me personally, the Magnesium Breakthrough Supplement has helped solve my sleep problems from winding down at the end of a stressful day to tossing and turning and waking up groggy. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers has been such a game changer. Here's the thing. More than 75% of the population is deficient in magnesium. And what most people don't really know is that even if they're taking a magnesium supplement, they're probably still deficient because they're not getting all seven forms of magnesium. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers is the ultimate way to give your body all seven forms of magnesium in one supplement. And it's the only product on the market I know doing all seven of them. Not only does it help you sleep better, but Magnesium Breakthrough helps calm your mind and allows you to feel grounded and relaxed during the day and especially before bed. So don't miss out on the most relaxing sleep you can have with Magnesium Breakthrough. And for an exclusive offer for the U-Turn community, head on over to bioptimizers.com slash U-Turn. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N and use the promo code U-Turn during checkout to save 10%. Again, that's bioptimizers.com and the promo code Y-O-U-T-U-R-N, U-Turn, during checkout to save 10%. Hmm. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, I mean, you actually touched on something that I think a lot of people listening should like pay extra attention to for me from like a career coaching standpoint. And it's that I think there's a split, like some people need to figure out, do I belong in the workforce or do I belong as an entrepreneur? Because a lot of people feel this silent whisper, you know, this very quiet whisper inside of them. And they think they need a new job when really they're just not meant for the workforce. They're meant to have their own business. And 
whether they overcome the fear or not, I think a great step that I heard you take was that you started doing Instagram for someone else, which became a, a skill and a tool that lent itself to the success you have in a business. So I think anybody listening right now, if they want to start a business, I'm sure they'll be listening to the Boss Babe podcast. But in the meantime, it's like, ask yourself, well, if you're in the workforce and you're getting started, what tool can you learn or what skill can you go invest in that is going to lend itself to the business you want to start so that you're no longer just taking jobs to be in the workforce, but rather investing in your future self through a job that pays you right now. So that's really powerful that you did that. And I'm also curious, you know, you you still think of the quotes for Boss Babe. And sometimes I look at the quotes on the quote pages and I laugh because, I mean, it's such a natural knack. And so I think anybody listening right now, when we start to talk about the steps that you took to build your Instagram and what they could do to build theirs, it's like, of course, there's that objection, right? Like, well, you're so good at coming up with things. Maybe people don't have that creativity, but they're a great writer or something like that. I'm curious, like, what drives your creativity? What do you think it is that makes you this way where you are able to come up with quotes on the Boss Babe images that are so fun? Yeah, that's a good question. And people are always surprised to know I write four quotes a day. Like, they are all me. And I think the answer to that is just, absolute authenticity in the beginning you know I don't put my face on boss babe as much and in the beginning um when I was taking over the Instagram and starting to write the quotes I felt very free that I could be this sassy um smart witty like get all these quotes out there and I didn't have to put my face to it I was like this is this is what I'm thinking internally um and it was very freeing for me but it just does it just goes back to this full authenticity like I am a hundred percent myself on there and so it's been a case of truly tapping into that and as it's really grown I've started to build what the boss babe persona is um down to like the way we would say things or punctuate or like the mindset all of those different things so when it comes to writing I very much embody that persona and churn it out that way but when I first started, I mean, they weren't that good. Like when I took it over, my quotes weren't amazing. And I just really honed in on my craft. I think like if you can focus on one thing and just get really, really good at it and keep doing it every single day, this idea of consistency, you will win. It's like when people say, I'm not a good writer. So they never write. Yeah. But if you actually just wrote every single day, I mean, a byproduct of that is your probably going to become a pretty good writer and within that you're going to be able to find what your style is and my style is very much like short snappy little little snippets and um that was just so authentic to me and I think when you are being fully yourself and in your zone the genius will come from that and people will engage with it and you know what this reminds me of honestly is how many people right now I feel like there's such a hunger for overnight success and it was really comforting listening to you because you know, the first month of my business, you know, I didn't focus on getting clients who wanted to get a new job or wanted to figure out what they wanted to do or wanted to start a business. My focus was how do I create a brand that has legs? Like how do I get as many blog posts out there? And I was experimenting. So I didn't go hard on one platform like Instagram. I tried blog posting. I tried Twitter. And eventually over the past 10 years, there's so many different places that I've put my energy to figure out and lock into what works for me. And so I'm kind of curious, like, what is your standpoint and what are you seeing right now with entrepreneurs that you think might be holding them back? Because to me, the attachment to overnight success is such a block and setting unrealistic expectations. I also think that magic can happen. So I'm curious, like, what beliefs do you see entrepreneurs buying into about success that might be holding them back on Instagram or otherwise? 
Mm, what a great question. Yes, I'm fully in agreement with you. And I think there's a lot of content and motivation out there that's like, just go do it. Yes. Like, you're amazing. Demand your worth. Do this, do that, go do it. And the truth is, yeah, you can demand your worth if you know your craft and you're good at what you do. You can't just like rock out of a corporate job and decide you are an Instagram coach and take one course and start charging 20 grand to yeah. start working with you because you've been pumped up to do so from Instagram. And I am the biggest advocate of charging your worth. But at the same time, I'm a big advocate of getting really, really good at what you do. Like, hone in on your craft and become so good that that's how your business grows and like you were saying like people are obsessed with this idea of overnight success and it almost comes from this sense of entitlement because they see everyone else doing it and they're like oh so if I just you know get over the fear and quit my job then everything else falls into place because I'm on my path and the sad reality is that's not always the case like be, be thoughtful about what you want to create and how much work you're willing to put into learning and being consistent with that. Um, and know that, you know, it might look like an overnight success, but behind the scenes, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, so I really do believe people should get so good at what they do that yeah. that really drives the success for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, and that also kind of from a sales standpoint, it's like, you don't even have to sell anymore when you're so good at what you do. People sell for you. People talk about what you're doing and the results they're getting. And it becomes kind of this easy automation where your lead generation does itself. Um, I hear you. And so I'm curious, you know, kind of getting to Instagram. I know a lot of powerful women are in their career right now. I know there's a lot of people who want to start a side hustle and Instagram is such a vehicle. Um, it sounds like anyone can use it, but I'm curious, like what kind of personality um, or skill set do you think really channels into a strong person for Instagram? I think people that are fully authentically themselves and are willing to show up with that energy, they they really do well. So the people that are funny, they show you kind of what's really going on and they own what they do in their space on Instagram. Um, people that show up without this big expectation of um, just, I'm going to post once a day and people have to like it and that will be me. And uh, instead of that, just really showing up every single day, being fully yourself and listening to your audience and being flexible, willing to be open and change and flow with it. Um, I think those people do really, really well because they're engaging. And and if someone engages with you, then they're willing to follow along and listen. Like I always say, if you want influence, you have to be worthy of influence. And everyone is everyone is worthy of it, but not everyone is demonstrating how worthy they are of it. Some people just turn up and they maybe do one little story a day of the coffee they're drinking and they post a quote. But actually, that's not going to really make people know, like, and trust you. Mm-hmm. And influence is going to come from people knowing, liking, and trusting you. Mm-hmm. So being prepared to put the work in, to be authentic and hone in on what the brand is that you're sharing on Instagram. Mm, I love that. And, you know, I also think about people who are creative, like from a visual standpoint, doing Instagram. But again, it's definitely not my expertise and how I've built my business. So I'm curious, you know, your first step you talked about, and we have five for everybody listening, because I know you guys are note takers. Um, you, you talk about niche. So I'm kind of curious to understand from you, because um, I mean, FYI, I started my Instagram, like I started really caring and doing anything on it like a year ago. So I haven't really invested this kind of years in, but as far as niche goes, I think a lot of people are probably confused about theirs. 
I do a lot of things. I think there's a lot of multi-passionate people who have a lot of different facets. So how do you suggest somebody get clear on that? Mm. Yeah, it's funny because I say niche, but I know sometimes Americans say niche as well. So just, I just so you know what I'm... you. I was like niche, but I'm going to say niche because you did. <laughs> it makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I think the way to get started with that is really think about what you want to be known for. Like if someone said to you, okay, tomorrow you're delivering a TED talk, that's going to be 10,000 people there. Can you give me the title of your speech? So that's a really good place to start because that's something you want to be known for. And then beyond that, I would start to map out maybe five pillars of things you're really interested in. So you're known for this, but you share these five different things. And it's these kind of constant themes are weaved into your content and eventually as you grow to be an influencer and a personality like you are now you can share lots of different facets of your life because they are bought in they know like and trust you and they just want to generally get to know you better but they're coming to you generally with a specific purpose like I think people really follow me because I show the behind the scenes of what it looks like to be building and running a business every day so my stories are very much like here's me in the office this is what I've been working on this is what I eat this is how I do all of this it's like the behind the scenes thing and so I just I, I would encourage you to think about what you really want to be known for and hone in on that and then make sure whatever it is you're really good at it and you've got enough value to deliver on that so helpful okay and um, when it comes to like writing down like what you want to be known for um, what are some questions that we can ask everybody listening like one of the best questions I ever read, I think it was in like a Dan Kennedy book or something was, who do you want to be a hero to? Mm. And that really sat with me because it, it's like, there's a lot of things that I could be known for, but who moves me? Like, who do I really stand to be a hero for? So I think anybody listening, I've, I've loved that question. I'm curious, like, is there one question you have for everybody listening right now that wants to get into their niche, <laughs> not niche? <laughs> yeah, that's such a great question. I'm going to, um, I'm going to use that. Yeah. I, I love to ask what does the people in your audience most need or what are the people kind of you want to attract and serve most need and are they willing to pay for it? Mm -hmm. Generally, I ask that second part of the question if you're wanting to turn this into a business. But if you're just wanting to build your Instagram as a personality and you're not really sure you want to build it into a business, it's really about what do they truly need? And so if you can go in there and you can fulfill this need or this gap or something for them, then they're going to start tuning into you and they're going to start listening to what you have to say. And very much about who do you want to be a hero to? Like, how do you want to serve them? How do you want to show up? What kind of value do you want them to be taken away for your content? But definitely that second part of the question is, are people willing to pay for that? Quite important because you could be interested in like rabbits, but, but if no one's willing to pay you for your knowledge in rabbits, then it's not a business. Mm. So and that's just a random example, but I love that twofold question to get you thinking about it. Um, and I actually make my uh, the, my students go and meditate on this. So I get them to do this brainstorm of like, okay, what's your TED talk on? Um, and then they brainstorm all of these different things out or like, what's your legacy? All of these big questions. What do you want to be known for? What? How do you want someone to introduce you? What do you want someone to say your expertise is? So brainstorming all these different things and then meditate on it. Go and mm -hmm. sit with yourself for 15 minutes which is terrifying to a lot of people and things are going to come up and you're going to start to solidify that because it's not really that easy sometimes to yeah. find what our, our niche is going to be it can be really difficult yeah you know you're actually getting me thinking because I was just invited I think to do another TED talk in Amsterdam 
in a few months. And I thought, oh, I'm going to talk about this. But now just listening to you, I'm like, eh, I mean, we need to think about that a little bit myself. So this has been very helpful, Natalie. Um, Yay. Yeah. And I know that another step and, and you know what? I just want to highlight for everybody listening that you made a really good point, Natalie, because you said, what is your client need? And how many entrepreneurs are out there saying these are my skills and they put their shingle in the ground when it's like, no, no, no. It's great you have these skills, but you need to marry that first to what your client wants, what they're hungry for. So great flip of a reframe on what people are focusing on that you mentioned that. And as far as thought leadership goes, um, being your second step. So everybody who's listening, we kind of just talked about this a little bit before we started recording. So number one, niche, niche, whichever country you're from, you can call what you want. And then number two is thought leadership. Yeah. Um, so thought leadership is very much what we were saying before is all about being really good at your craft and being super competent in whatever you want to talk about. And the thing with influence, Brendan Burchard says, if you want to influence someone, you have to be able to influence the way they think. And the only way you can influence the way someone thinks is if they really trust you and think you are a source of great information and knowledge and they want to be more like you so to be a thought leader means really sharing your ideas and sharing your learnings and lessons so that people start to buy into the way you think and it might encourage them to think a certain way and if you do change the way someone thinks they're going to remember you for it Mm. they're going to remember that you've asked that deep question of them they're going to remember that you've inspired this transformation within them and I I love to see people leading with thought leadership and content-driven strategies on Instagram because it's very easy just to share like content that everyone else is sharing and kind of doing what you think is going to get likes. And we'll talk about that next. But at the same time, there has to be some depth to what you're doing because things are changing. Everyone's trying to grow their accounts and everyone wants to share something and um, and wants to have an audience. So it's that whole thing of being worthy of having an influence. So how are you leading people's thoughts and how are you kind of, how are you driving that thought leadership and positioning yourself as the expert? Because if you can position yourself as the expert, people are going to want to follow you. They're going to want to listen to you and they're going to want to buy from you. So again, if you're wanting to make it a business, then that part's really, really important. So thought leadership really does allow you to position yourself as the expert because you're not just regurgitating everyone else's mm-hmm. findings and thoughts and lessons, but you've got your own, which really makes you a trailblazer. Yeah, and I know a lot of people struggle with this because when they're starting, they kind of have to find their voice. And there have been so many times, I think especially back when I started my job hunting course where it was like, oh my gosh, you know, like our legal team just would email me multiple times a week, like, hey, somebody copied your course. And I kind of gave up on it at a certain point because I just didn't see the point of like pursuing all of this. But I did feel a lot of compassion and sensitivity to the fact that it's really hard to find your voice and your thought leadership. So it's like, I know there's so many people listening that want to get started, but maybe they don't have much new to say yet. Like, how do you suggest people find inspiration or find their voice, you know? Um, cause you were talking about boss babe, like coming up with different abbreviations and all the way down to how the boss babe lives her day. So I'm curious for anybody listening, who's trying to find their voice, what suggestions do you have for them to lock, like lock into their thought leadership? Yeah, that's such a good question. And it's so true. It's not the easiest thing to do. So I recommend being consistent doing this every single day. 
I would sit down to write and see what comes up for you. And if nothing interesting is coming up for you, I would buy a few books on the topics you're really interested in and want to be doing thought leadership on, where you already have the knowledge, where you need help seeing what you're thinking and all these different things. And I would read a book, listen to a podcast, go for a walk, do whatever you need to do to ingest some information and then come and sit and write about that idea and see what comes through. And in the beginning, you might be writing a lot about someone else's ideas and you might be regurgitating what they're saying, but eventually you're going to start adding your own perspectives in. Like I, I learned this and it actually made me think in this way and keep on doing that daily so that all of a sudden you become really primed to take ideas and to change them, to challenge them. And eventually you'll start coming up with your own ideas and your own kind of thought leadership topics Mm. and I'm a really big believer in quieting the mind so that you're able to get new ideas Um, I know I mentioned meditation before and there are lots of different ways that you can quiet your mind but I think if you're not giving yourself the chance to just be if your if your day looks like back to back and you're bouncing from meeting to meeting and calls to socializing all of these different things when are you really giving yourself the chance to sit and think and actually be a thought leader to lead someone's thoughts you actually have to have your own thoughts Mm -hmm. and too often we don't give ourselves enough time for that so um, I recommend putting time in your calendar to just be think walk do the things that are going to help you get more thoughts Mm, I love that and I I think that there's such a value in free form writing and I think it's been for me from a transformation standpoint a healing tool to just if you feel disconnected or you feel like your peace is disturbed in some way, there's so much magic that comes in just writing without even knowing what is about to come out of the pen. So I love that that's a strategy. And kind of going back to something you said, Natalie, just for everybody listening, I read a study that indicated that influential people, there's a lot of studies on influential people, and one of them found that the most memorable human experience is not, a lot of people think it's being loved, like experiencing love. But according to research, the most memorable human experience is captivation or a sense of awe. And if you can create that sense of awe or captivation, somebody will never forget you and they'll always remember whatever conversation you had or what you said. And I think that's true thought leadership. And so to me, when you can make somebody think differently, kind of along with what you're saying, Natalie, thought leadership, make somebody think differently, be contrarian. Um, Like for me, my first TED talk was about don't follow your passion, which is everybody saying, follow your passion and me talking about why. So I think that this is, could not be underestimated. And the third step for your Instagram following I'm the most excited about, which is viral content. So I'm curious to learn from you, like what goes viral? Is there really a way to kind of predict it? What are your thoughts on that? I love what you just said. Yeah, I'm fully in agreement of that. So um, speaking about viral content, this is one of my favorite things to speak on because you know, Instagram goes in waves and at each point in time, there's different things that really helps you grow. And right now, one of those things is viral content. So viral content is content that gets shared a lot and engaged with a lot. So whenever I'm thinking through a concept like this, I like to break it down and think, okay, what's going to make someone share this piece of content? And what I've realized with Boss Babe, is people love to share content that allows them to really say what they're feeling without them having to say it. Mm. So for me, if I write a quote that very much says, um, six word story, eliminate what doesn't help you evolve, right? Mm -hmm. Just a very basic thing. 
say I'm speaking to Sarah at her, she's on her lunch break, she's scrolling through and it says, eliminate what doesn't help you evolve. And in the back of her mind, she is so fed up of the people around her that are pushing her growth back, that aren't allowing her to, you know, have the space, talk about her ideas, all of these different things. She isn't going to just get up on her Instagram stories and be like, I hate my friends, they're all doing this, blah, blah, blah. But she's probably going to read that and be like, oh my God, that sums up exactly how I'm feeling. I'm going to share it so people know that's how I'm feeling. But I don't actually have to say it because if someone else says it, it's like validation that I'm normal and I'm not going crazy and everyone else feels this way too. And um, that's the way I think. And so she might share that and it just encapsulates exactly how she feels. And it's having this widespread effect because not only is it Sarah on her lunch break seeing it, but it's it's a lot of people seeing it because you're summing up, you know, when you know your niche and your target demo, you're summing up their, their complete feelings, pain points, whatever it is. And they are more likely to share it. So the first thing is really thinking about what people are going to want to share. And when you're thinking about that too, it's really important that you're not creating content that, you know, looks really ugly and it's like flamboyant and Uh no one wants to have on their feed. I mean, unless your audience is really flamboyant, but like people are not going to share things that is kind of makes them look bad or is poorly designed or anything like that. Like they want to share things that are quite neutral looking. They can throw on their feet or their story without standing out too much. Um, And it's not using any strange language that they wouldn't use all of those kind of things because it might hold them back as well. So that's one thing to consider. The second thing you said is, do you, do you, how, how do you know content's going to go viral? And the the great thing is we don't really have to be trailblazers in this um, area because people are going viral every minute of the day. So there's so much content right now on Instagram that is being shared, comment on, reposted, all of these different things. And so I really recommend you finding 10 pages that are really in your niche and have your exact target demo following. And I scroll through and I would see exactly what's going viral for them. So say they on average get 4,000 likes, but then you, you come across a picture that has like 30,000 likes. Mm-hmm. You can be pretty certain that they went viral on that post. So I spent a lot of time studying, okay, why? Why did this go viral? Was it the tone of voice? Was it the way it looks? Was it how concise it was written? Like, what was it? And so once I've studied it, I will then decide to repurpose it. So how can I create this kind of content that will speak to my audience or encapsulate my brand? Or I'll simply repost it because it already worked. I'm not having to reinvent the wheel. Um, And so I'll repost it. And I can be pretty certain if it went viral for all these other people and they had the exact same demo, then it's going to go viral for me too. So very much doing that research and studying it. You know, you might find a few posts that went viral and did really well and you post them on your page and it didn't work. Don't get disheartened, study it, understand why. Why did your audience differ? So I remember there was like a page really, really similar to Boss Babe that we study a lot and they posted something that went so viral and we were like, we had a feeling it wasn't going to go viral on ours and it gave us an inclination of actually that audience is a lot different than we thought. So we posted it on ours. It didn't go viral at all. It barely got any traction. And so we were then able to make that learning, oh, this audience is different in this way. Mm. And all of these things are just learning curves and it really does come. And I, I love a scientific approach to anything. And it does come from doing your own research, but get like I think the action step from this would be get a spreadsheet up and go and look at 10 pages that are really big or influencers that are big in your niche and have your exact target demo following and link like their most shared 10 10 of their most shared pieces of content 
almost vile piece of content and study them mm. and start to get used to that and start to repurpose and reshare your own content. Mm. So interesting. Hey, U-Turners, so sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to make sure you know that this episode has been brought to you by the Business Launch Mastermind, our online course to help you launch your dream business. So if you're sick of being stuck and wondering how you're going to get new clients and you'd like to try a free version of our business launch course, all you got to do is head on over to U-TurnPodcast.com slash biz. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com slash B-I-Z. Now let's get back to this week's episode. You know, I think one of the most just kind of in line with this powerful things I've ever kind of realized in sitting in my own little meditations is that the truth isn't something that people learn. You know, it's something that you recognize, you know, it's like when somebody's talking to you and you feel this huge yes inside of you, like, yes, you know, like it's almost like a relief. Like, thank you for saying that. That's exactly what's true. I feel like that's what you're doing on your account with boss babes, Instagram, it's like so many people you're putting words to things that feel so true inside of them. And as they recognize it, it's like that truth was already inside of them. Maybe they just didn't have the words to say it. So I think there's also the gift you have in being able to speak the truth. And I think overcome whatever fear people might have. Cause I know that sometimes you say things that are quite punchy on the boss babe page. I think it's very fun. Um, but it seems like you don't have a fear of offending people. Like, how do you navigate that? Because I know a lot of people listening, it's like as they're getting started and maybe they have their first hundred or 200 followers, they don't want to offend people. So mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you navigate that? I mean, if you're trying to make everyone happy, you're never going to make anyone happy. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good place to start in understanding where you want to be polarizing and if you're okay with that and know that you know, it's the right kind of polarizing. It's so you find it funny, but a lot of people would find it offensive. So it's understanding which kind of people you want to be following you and engaging and which kind of people you're happy to polarize because they're not your ideal demo and they're not going to engage with you or buy from you or that kind of thing. So getting, getting really clear on that, not being afraid to do that, kind of knowing you're never going to make everyone happy. And if, and if that's your, so that's where you're driving to. It's going to make you very, very anxious because a lot of anxiety comes from us being afraid of what people think or trying to please people or being afraid to let people down. And I was very, very guilty of this when I was starting my businesses. And honestly, up until the past couple of years, I was very, very guilty of this. I wanted to be liked. I had this desire to be liked. Mm. Um, and the one thing that I say to anyone that really wants to be successful is you're going to have to be okay with people not liking you. Mm-hmm. and that really comes in through all kinds of things within your life. So whether you're creating content to post on Instagram or whether you're leading a team meeting, sometimes you've got to say certain things and you've got to have tough conversations. And if you're going into it, like really anxious and scared about not, not offending anyone or, you know, not being liked after the conversation, then you're not going to be happy. Mm -hmm. And it's something I've really had to wrestle with. I didn't used to be very good at those difficult conversations and all of that kind of thing. But I've realized if I want to be successful, there has to be some kind of level of, I don't give a crap what people think of me Mm -hmm. and the right people are going to love me for it. And the wrong people aren't. And that's great. And being like, okay, that's just fit. Like, filtering out it's a great filtration system and I know the people that I've been able to surround myself with because I've been so authentically myself they just get me on a whole new level to the kind of people that would had I been really kind of PG and out there to please everyone 
Yeah, it's it feels kind of like uh, it's making me think about like me or my girlfriends who are dating right now. It's like they go into a date and they be someone else. And then eventually who you are always wins. Who you truly are is always going to eventually shine through. And if you've been putting on a persona, it's not going to match the reality you've created around you, the people that you've created, the business you've created, whatever have you. And it's so funny, right? Because who we are always comes out anyway. It, it makes me think a lot about like, I don't know, Natalie, like I used to have sleepovers when I was a kid and I always knew that I wasn't going to make it through the slumber party because I didn't want to sleep on the ground. And there's always be like little girls talking, you know, cause I was like seven, 10. And I always used to tell my mom, like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. And then inevitably always by 3am I would surrender and call my mom and be like, mom, can you pick me up from the sleepover party? It's like who I was always won. Like I always knew it wasn't going to work. Um, I feel like that's such a silly example, but it's just such proof. Like what you already know to be true about you is going to shine through whether it's convenient and you do it right now or later. Um, and also just kind of thinking about, you know, your fourth step, which I feel like is something that I personally have struggled with is consistency. So anybody taking notes, she, she talked about niche, uh, thought leadership, viral content, and now consistency. So what does that really mean? Because I know some people probably think, oh, does that mean I need to post every day? Or does that just mean they need to post the same time every week? Like talk to me a little bit about that. Mm, I love that example of a sleepover, by the way. Just before I dive into consistency, I want to kind of pile another yeah, story on top talk of that. To me. It's so true. And when, so um, I'm married. And um, when I first met my husband and we were just dating, uh, we were both dating other people. And I mean, anyone that knows me knows I'm a very fierce, determined, driven, ambitious woman. Yeah. And um, we were on our third date and I was thinking to myself, okay, I would like this guy. I can kind of feel like I'd be okay giving up dating these other people um, just to focus on him. But I expect the same thing from him too. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to ask him out because if he can handle me asking him to be my boyfriend, then I know he's good. He can handle me because like my real side's about to come out. Like I was kind of, <laughs> you know, I was myself, but I was kind of playing nice in the dates. I didn't want to like come across too much. Um, it very much came up very quickly. But the third day I was like, hey, so this is going really well. Do you want to be my boyfriend? And it was very blunt. Straight oh my God, to point. you're the best. <laughs> and he was literally like, oh my God. And he replied in the best possible way. He was like, I could not be more obsessed with you right now. The fact that you just asked that just sums up everything I thought I knew about you. And I couldn't be more happy to say yes. Oh and I was like, my God. this is it. This is the guy that I know can handle me and what I do and the way I am. Because <laughs> a lot of people, you know, you get used to people saying you're too much, you're this, you're that, whatever. And it was in that moment, I was like, I've just shown him all my cards and pure authenticity and he loved me more for it. Mm. So please never be afraid to be authentic, no matter who it's with, where you are, how you're showing up. The people that want to see that will, will love you more for it. So I just wanted to put that little... Yeah, and let's, let's add in your little food poisoning picture. First date, you got food poisoning, sent him a sweaty <laughs> picture of you like sick. So this is <laughs> yeah, obviously... Yeah, I did. I was like sweating. <laughs> I had like a face cloth on my head and I sent it to him. And um, I literally like told my friends I was doing I was like I said it to him and honestly if he doesn't offer me a second date and send me some things to like get well soon he's not the guy for me and he like <laughs> he ended up sending me like a teddy bear and a hot water bottle and he was like uh he lived quite far away from me at the time he was like I'll drive up tonight I was like uh no we've only been dating on one date like I'm not gonna let you be in the area while I'm being sick but like 
I, good, good to know. So yeah, <laughs> that's you my know, dating advice for the, the day. It, it shows. It's the same thing as like your social media. It's like you can't keep up a false persona, and it's gonna make everything fall apart anyway. So rip the bandaid and be you today. You're enough anyway. And it's it's so funny to listen to you because. You know, I think a lot of people listening, and, and and I was one of them. It's like we buy into the belief we have to be somebody else for things to be great or for us to be worthy. And it's just so silly. And what an amazing story. Like, yeah. you just get better and better, Natalie. Like, the weirdest things that come out of your mouth, like, bring me so much joy. Like, you asked him to be your boyfriend. Amazing. And such a trademark of a boss babe. So perfect. Um, and, you know, this reminds me of Sarah Pendrick. She says, you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. Oh, that is gold that is pure gold I am yeah fully in acceptance of that you really can't and when anyone tells you that you're too much or what you said was too weird or any of those things the best thing you can do is take a breath smile and say oh my god thank you so much or (laughs) oh thank you yes and like have like a really funny reaction to it and it just like creates this layer of like I am me like accept it or don't and so yeah I love that so good so I'll get back onto consistency because I know everyone's probably sitting with their notepad like this is great Natalie but we need to get into the I know I'm like tell me about your sick photo (laughs) yeah Um, so consistency yes so important and the thing is if you go on the boss account and you look at how many posts you posted like you're gonna see what the secret to success is and it truly is consistency it's showing up even when you don't feel like you wanna and really kind of moving the needle every single day and this goes for Instagram it goes for everything so I really recommend showing up if you want to grow like if you just want to have your account to like be able to highlight who you are that's fine these tips are very much if you want to have a growth strategy which isn't always the same as you know just selling on instagram or like just having an instagram account so bear that in mind but if you want to grow your growth strategy has to have consistency in it so i post four times a day on boss babe because i want to grow and what i do is i check the insights of it i try and make at least two posts a day go viral and i check the insights and i can normally get like up to 500 followers per post so if you think about how many people are seeing that and following you because of how you're posting um that's a really, really great growth tactic. And I show up every single day on stories. With my personal account, I'm less interested in the growth side. And I really want that to be the kind of behind the scenes. So you see the company, but then you can follow me and see my behind the scenes. Because it just feels good to me. I love to get on stories. And I get on stories every single day. I'm very consistent with both my personal and boss account. But I show everything. Literally, whether I'm crying or whether I'm like having Stephen on my back doing like squats, whatever it is, like I show it all. <laughs> um, but I show up every single day and people know to ex- like uh, expect me. And if I just like disappear and come in once a week, you're not going to be on the top of people ma- people's minds. And if you want to grow, people have to be in that um, kind of habit of checking you out every single day, watching your stories, having that daily touch point with you and then seeing you in their feed and very much you just showing up all the time with great, consistent thought leadership or great content that connects with them. So I say, if you want to grow, you have to be consistent. And if you go check out any really, any person or brand that's done really, really well on social media, the their number one tip is consistency. Mm, okay. So this makes me have all the questions because I think, you know, there's some of our, our friends, for example, where their approach on stories is, it's just like their house and like them dancing. And I totally can fall into that where, um, I mean, again, like I've grown an email list and I haven't really led with Instagram. So 
I'm curious, what's that tipping point where it's like you're on the assumption that people want to see about you versus, you know, kind of buying into the pressure like you need to make sure that you're creating good content. Not that that has to be pressure, um, but you know what I mean? Like, where do you draw the line between this is value and this is just me shooting the shit and I don't know if this is valuable for the watcher? Yeah. Uh, so I think on your feed, definitely you want to be mindful of like how that comes across and how good value that is. Um, but I would think of stories and, and all the other content as does it create MSI? MSI is meaningful social interaction. And it's what all the algorithms at Facebook and Instagram are built on. And so meaningful social interaction would be people replying to you, telling you they love it. Like if you post something that people love, they're going to tell you they love it because they can't help but reply with like crying, laughing faces or saying like, I love this or share more of this. So I think that's a very good indicator, firstly. And then secondly, every month, I would say, I ask my audience, what do you want to see? What are you not like seeing? What do you want to see more of? Like, how can I be better? And just opening up and asking that question is going to be a really good indicator. Mm -hmm. But just tuning in, like people will tell you what they like and what they don't like. I mean, especially my audience, they are vocal. (laughs) I love them. Boss babes. That's good. Yeah. Um, And then as far as um, consistency goes, does that mean every day or does that mean the same time every week? Like, well, how do you define consistency for everybody listening who wants to honor that? Yeah, I think if you want to grow, it should be at least once a day. Okay, good to know. And how much is too much? Like, I mean, you're posting four times a day. I'm guessing some people are like, oh my gosh, do I need to be doing that if Instagram is their main place they want to start doing business? Like, where is that tipping point where you start to increase the cadence that you're posting at? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a quote page and like your content's really easily digestible, then yes, you can post up to four times a day. That's fine. If your post, if your page is more personal and your posts are like pictures of you, then I would just post once a day because people, as much as they love you, probably don't want to see four pictures a day mm-hmm. of you unless you're like really crazy famous celebrity. Then they love it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I would do it. Okay, that's helpful. And um, as far as you know, our final point is collaboration. This is my favorite one because I love relationships. So I'm curious to everybody writing your notes, niche, thought leadership, viral content, consistency, and now collaboration. So talk to me, like, what are some ways people can start collaborating? And I'm also curious, was there a tipping point on the Boss Bib account where it started to get traction in a new way um, or something algorithmic that perhaps is escalating it? Yeah. So the tipping point for me was just, um, just focus. Like I just started being crazy intentional about all the posts and doing all the research. So like making sure intentionally I do two really viral posts a day and then every day doing four a day because up until like a year and a half ago, and I grew about, I've grown about half a million in the past uh, year. And right now we are on hundred K a month growth. And all of that's just come from being even more intentional and consistent. So I've put a lot more time into it. And I think that's really where the kind of jump up was Mm -hmm. but collaboration I'm really excited to talk about because obviously we're in an amazing group where we collaborate a lot and so you hear a lot that you should be in an engagement group and an engagement group is when you all get together and you hop on each other's posts and you um, comment and boost each other up the algorithm and all of that which is great and I fully recommend it however I really encourage you to think about what you can do 
in terms of collaboration, that's beyond just a simple engagement group. So can you get together and all run a giveaway? Can you share each other's posts, maybe on your stories, as opposed to only just liking and commenting? How can you truly collaborate? And what does that mean to you? Um, so that's definitely the first thing, because, you know, we are all stronger together and we all have a bigger audience when we pool in together. So I would think outside the box and say you want to run a giveaway with 10 people that you're in a like engagement group with, but none of you has more than like 30K followers and you're wondering like, okay, where's this traction going to come from? Because for it to be worth your while, you know, you do want to have hundreds of thousands of people actually seeing it and then engaging with it. So I would then start to pull in bigger pages who you're more likely going to have to pay and say, can you post when we're doing giveaway? Can you post and boost it for us and help us get entries? Um, so I would do something like that. Or I would all agree, put some ad spend behind it. Um, but I would recommend just getting together your engagement group, getting on like a Zoom call or getting together in person and asking that question, what can real collaboration look like and how can we make an impact together? Because back in the day when I was growing my page, and even now it's still a big thing, but especially back in the day, shout outs were huge. And so I would pair with people to do shout outs all the time and we would tag each other and talk about each other on our pages. And, and it's the strategy that all bloggers use when they want to get more followers because you're being exposed to a wider audience. So the more that you can do that, and if you don't have followers in the beginning and you're like, well, no one with 100,000 followers is going to want to collaborate with me, you can pay them. So just think differently. Get on a call, pull together a mastermind group and just think differently. I love that as a final action step. So, I mean, we've gone through so many good pieces for people to get started on the gram. I'm curious, like, what is your favorite piece of business advice or even just career advice for anybody listening? Because I really do see you as like walking the walk. I feel like your life looks very whole, not just on Instagram, but in real life. Like when I'm with you, I'm like, wow, this is somebody who waited to find the right person, had standards to marry the right partner. This is somebody who has standards for her business and really cares about what she's doing. So what what do you think it is that uh, what advice do you really stand by for everybody listening that wants to really embody their inner boss babe? Mm, thank you. I love that. Yeah. I am a big believer in intention and action taking. So inspired action is the best kind of action you can take. So everything that I've created in my life, I've been so intentional about and I've taken all the steps to make it happen. I don't see excuses and I'm not trying to be all Gary V here, but like I don't see excuses and I don't see roadblocks because I am someone that's had a lot of them in my life and I've never let them stop me or get me down. And I could go into so many different stories of, of why so many things shouldn't have worked my marriage my business like mm. moving away from home all those things and it's not relevant but if I let those stop me I wouldn't be here mm. so I get really clear on what I want to create and I set out to take little steps every single day that get me there mm. and I embody the kind of person that would have achieved what I want to achieve even before I've achieved it mm. and I do the things and the habits of the person that would have achieved what I want to achieve before I've even achieved it and I think sometimes people can get really clear on what they want or they have this oh I wish I wish I wish in my head but then when you look at the way they live their lives daily and the effort they're putting into making it happen there's a real miss of action and it's what one thing I love about you so for those of you that don't know Ashley is so intentional about her relationships and people and that comes across in action it's not like the someone saying hey I was uh, oh, like we need to meet up hard it's very much like okay we're meeting up like does this time work for you let's get coffee <laughs> yeah. like 
you take action and that's why it like you have all these amazing relationships and you, you put effort into maintaining them because you can tell it's one of your core values thank you so that means yeah, a lot. It's so important. Yeah, it really is. And it's funny because I think a lot of people with their relationships, their communication is like, for lack of a better term, it kind of kind of can feel for somebody like a drive-by shooting where it's like, hey, let's do something. And then off they go. It's like there's no <laughs> follow through. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I also saw that when we, we did some collaboration on Instagram, it's like doing a giveaway on Instagram. I saw some of the comments. It was like, just like something quick they did versus the people who stood out and really, really cared about the giveaway we were doing. And it's obvious. And so I guess kind of closing this out before I ask you where everybody can find you, those of you who have taken all these notes, I think a quick quote I can offer you to just kind of reflect what I just heard from Natalie is one of my favorites um, that I've kind of thought about is high intention and low attachment. It's like, how can you be highly involved and highly intentional and do the action and detach from the results? Because your attachment sometimes creates this weird vortex where you are holding on so tightly to something that there's no space for something even better or something different to come through that you didn't even realize you needed. So Natalie, you are, I mean, you're such a boss, babe, obviously, but I'm so grateful for you. And, um, I want to know where everybody can obviously find you because there's all the places that you've built out. So where do you want everybody to come follow you? Yeah. So you can check us out. Just search the boss babe podcast. You can find us on Instagram at bossbabe.inc or my personal account is at I am Natalie, but be prepared to see Steven doing the squats on my back. Oh my God. You guys, if you guys want some pure entertainment, I am Natalie Instagram, like highly entertaining. The other day, her hair looked like she was a bird and I did a meme of it because it was so good. I I love you. I know you have another meeting. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So fun. Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners. Thank you for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people and brands that we trust and we believe in. And just for listening to the show, writing your reviews on the Apple app, and just being willing to make your own U-Turns. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.